0: Man, Revelation nineteen seven and M seven and M. <laughs> I'm not a man of persuasive words. <laughs> marriage of the Lamb, Revelation nineteen seven and nine. Let us rejoice. Got an amen. Let us be rejoiced and glad and give glory to God for the marriage of the Lamb has come. His bride has made herself ready. She was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true words of God. Ladies, who's married? How long did it take you to get ready? From the day he asked, yeah? From the day he asked, you were preparing could have been five years. I said, Divana, how long was it when you got asked, when you asked Sukhfai to marry? Five years. I said, you were preparing for five years till the day it happened. Making yourself ready. Do you know when you received him is when you said, thank you for the invitation. I now make myself ready. What for? For a wedding. Are you making yourself ready? Is he marrying a mature or an immature church? See, one that's ready is mature. One that's not ready gets caught not being ready. I'm coming like a thief in the night. They will be marrying, eating, drinking, partying. I will turn up and they will not even be aware of it. Are you ready? Not about when, but why? Don't try and figure it all out, dates and times. Get ready. Book your nails. Book your hair. (laughs) Book your dress. Book your venue. Everyone's clamoring for stuff. Be ready. Why? Because the eternal purpose is a marriage. You don't want to get there and find you ran out of oil. Oops, sorry, who are you? Yes, you're in the kingdom, but you're not coming into the chamber where it's intimate. My children aren't allowed in a certain room in the house when mum and dad are being intimate. Think spiritual, otherwise you'll lose it. It's a beautiful thing, but it's not for children. It's for adults. Can you hear the typology? I'm sorry you weren't ready. I laid it down. I spoke. I sent you. I sent you. I sent you. I sent you. You kept asking, so I sent you, and I sent you again. Some of them were killed. So what are we doing with what we're hearing? I know it's radically changed me. I hope it's changing you. So under that, in other words, the apostle is to declare the eternal purpose for the church. In other words, the apostle is to declare the eternal purpose for the church and work to ensure God's blueprint for building the church is in place. The fivefold ministry gifts. So I'll read it out as one sentence. In other words, the apostle is to declare the eternal purpose for the church and work to ensure God's blueprint for building the church is in place the fivefold ministry gifts. That's what God is establishing here. That's what he showed me eight years ago, and it's been putting in place through prayer and then watching God raise people up in these giftings. And then they minister out of the gifting. He builds the church. So when the gift turns up and starts speaking from a revealed place, the power of that goes out. And those who have ears to hear it and heart to receive it, who do through the power of God, start being built in the spirit. He does the work. Can you hear that? See, we go, how does it happen? I don't know. He does it. (laughs) I know my part. And then I step back. And then I watch to see if the church actually wants to be built. Because you have to be able to hear the word that builds you. You have to accept it, not as the word of man. So what I'm saying tonight, are you going to accept it as God or Greg? Because that's going to determine what happens. You have to receive it with humility, the word that can save your soul. Implanted into your soul. Who do you think you are? A nobody. Don't sound like it. That's up to you to discern. Same with anyone else in these giftings. The Bible says a prophet has no honor in his own household, which means his physical family first, or his spiritual family, until their eyes see. Oh, gee, that sounds like Jesus and his family. Here's the prophecy about the boy. Ooh, yeah, this is cool. Until a bit where it says from um, the Simeon, the prophet, he said, oh, yeah, by the way, this boy, he's going to pierce your heart too. Luke 2, don't like that. Doesn't matter, it's going to happen. Did it happen? Did the prophecy come to fruition? Why? Because if you hear it through the flesh you'll hear the wrong thing. But if you hear it through the Spirit, you hear the right thing and you'll be captivated by God. And so he's looking to see if there are hearts that are fertile, hungry, thirsty for the seed that's going out because if your heart is rocky, hard, nothing happens. Or you get excited for a while, you run down the road, but what happens? Oh, that looks pretty good. What's that? All of a sudden, you're entangled in other things. The promise is lost because you got entangled in wealth, worries of life. It was good for a while, I got all excited for all of about three weeks, and then I started to doubt whether that was even real. There are three environments, and only one receives the word that births life. It's about a heart position. So is the heart soft, thirsty for water, asking, seeking, knocking? So it takes the seed which has contained all the power in the seed and the seed goes into the soil because there's power in the seed. Goes in. Boom. Paul planted, Apollos watered, God grew the seed. God builds his church. It's powerful stuff. God promises, he delivers on what he builds. We've got to allow ourselves to be confronted with the truth, okay, without fear. You've got to allow yourself to be confronted with the truth, knowing that you're a son of God, knowing you're a child of God. It's okay. I teach my girls, I say, it's okay that you don't know this particular maths equation yet. It's okay that you don't know it. It's okay. It's okay it's okay some of us need to hear it's okay to not be where he wants you to be it's okay he wants to lead you there by the hand he's put people around you and in your life to help you it's okay but what we hear is the negative we hear the lack we hear i'm not good enough are you telling me i'm this no i'm not saying that at all and god's not either he's telling you i love you and it's okay but grow why? Because I called you for an eternal purpose, and at the end of that, I've got to be true to me, and there's a judgment coming. I can't flick you a swifty at the judgment seat and give you a grace card. You got that when you I invited you into my life. But this is about a prize. I've got to be true to me because I'm not a liar, so I'm going to judge you for rewards. and if you haven't lived the life that I was asked you to grow up into, I'm sorry, but you can't have the reward. There's going to be loss. And we don't like that message because we just like the lovey-dovey messages, but it's part of the Word of God. God is a long-suffering God. He's a disciplining God, and He says it's time to grow up. So I need to give you a disciplining Word to help you realize it's time to grow and mature. Why? Because I want you to sit with me on my throne in eternity, not to bag you down, not to give you a hard time, not to punish you, to edify you. He has everything for us. He's just for us. He's not against us. But you can hear that he's against you. You can hear that Greg's against you. But if you hear accurately, this is for all of us. So he sends these apostles and prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists. The church, God's people, you and I, have been created. The church, God's people, you and I, have been created for an eternal purpose, a heavenly purpose. Firstly. And when I say the church, you and I, you're not the church on your own. I mean we. Okay? So you're not the church as an individual, the church is the body. Okay? You're a house and you're a disciple. But you're not the church. So I'm not the church on my own. We are the church. Okay? So Isaiah 46, 9 to 10. I love this. Remember the former things long past. Oh, sorry, I'll read out The church, God's people, you and I, have been created for an eternal purpose, a heavenly purpose. If you want a scripture next to that, it's Hebrews 3.11. Isaiah 46, 9-10, remember the former things long past, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is no one like me, declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times things have not been done, saying, my purpose will be established and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. He is the God who declares the end from the beginning. End first. You're an author of a book. You start at the end. Do you know the end? Do movie makers know the end before they make the movie? Do writers know the end before they start writing? Does the end give life to the beginning? Does the beginning then shape in an alignment to the end? So God is the God of the end. Then he writes the beginning, before the foundations of the world, I chose you, the end. If we don't know God's conclusion, the end, there's a good chance the beginning, the foundation, can be off-center. Now here's the deal. None of us started knowing the end. The disciples didn't start knowing the end. They barely knew him. Never mind the end. Hence, you've got to get to know him, and through him, the end is revealed. Aren't all the hidden mysteries and treasures, Colossians 2, in Christ? So on the revelation of the Christ, I'm going to build my church, and my church will know the end from the beginning. Isaiah saw Christ and declared it before it ever was. Faith is the ability to see what already is, tap into it, live from it now. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's already done. See, we spend so much time trying to figure out how to do it. You just have to see it, hear it, receive it by the power of the Spirit, which you can't do, the power of the Spirit, and then live. It's the completely different operating system to your flesh of what you've known because everything else is the opposite. If you want to figure out how to be a nurse, go to nurse school, figure it out. If you want to be an accountant, go to accountant. If you want to be an ASB manager, go there. If you want to be a footballer, do that. If you want to do this, go figure out how to do it, do it, because you can do it. Because Nike said so. (laughs) Well, Nike didn't know much. Because in the kingdom, you can't do it. you got no chance of doing it. So you can't just take the fleshly motto and just go do it. Because when you just do it, you end up in the wrong place but you don't realize it because you've taught yourself there's a way that seems right to me, but all of a sudden I'm not in the life that I read about. So there's a problem. Yeah, I'll give you why. Because actually we started at the wrong place. We started at the beginning and not the end because the end defines the beginning. So what does he do? He sends you apostles and prophets to go, oh, stop the bus. We're going the wrong way. And because we're going the wrong way, we're living the wrong way, and we're eating the wrong food. That diet ain't going to get that outcome. If you keep eating burgers, you ain't going to look like Arnold. I don't believe that. I'm going to keep eating burgers. We'll go on then, and you won't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. You'll look like someone else. You'll be big, <laughs> but not like Arnold. You see, End has a diet. A specific diet is required if you want to be with him in the fulfillment at the end. It's called the bread of life, Jesus Christ, the word of God, the word that builds, and the word that blesses. But we need to hear the word that builds because the church is very familiar with the word that blesses, but the word that builds us, Woo! So God sends you apostles and prophets to build you. Isn't that the point of Ephesians, what we looked at? I send you these gifts to build the church. But there's massive opposition called pride to that. And it gets in the way of the true building. Because why? Because a prophet has no honor in his own town. Why? Because they couldn't see or hear who he was. You're just the carpenter. You're just my brother. We went to school together, made some things, got in trouble, and now you're telling me you're the Messiah, and now you read out Isaiah, you're a joke. We do the same thing. Don't think you don't do this. I do it, you do it. And it happens all the time. And most of the time, you don't even know you're doing it. You're all, I don't do that. I don't do that. No, I don't. We all do it. We're all in this together. He's good. And you know, it's just under the scriptures. If God declares the end from the beginning, then we need to know the end from the beginning. If God declares the end from the beginning, then we need to know the end from the beginning. God starts everything with the end in mind. This is going to take off if it hasn't already. <laughs> you know, one of the cool things about going overseas is you can't in a week get into their time slot. So I'm going to bed at 8.30, waking up at 3, rearing a go, but you can't go anywhere because everyone's asleep. <laughs> he says, start praying, worship. So I start praying, worship, put my headphones on, got my thing going, singing in the room, pitch black, Oh, Jesus. If you'd seen it, you'd laugh. Da, na, 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 na. Whoop, whoop. Give him a whoop, whoop. <laughs> then he starts to speak. I'm like, man. Cambodia was cool because he spoke powerfully to me. It was awesome going, meeting the guys again, training the guys, but what was the highlight was God speaking to me at 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock for three mornings. And just starting to share stuff I knew, he goes, Greg, the end, the end, the end, the end, from the beginning, from the beginning, from the beginning. He says this: Who was with me? Who was with me when I declared the end before the foundations of the world? Who was with me? Your son, Who else? Your spirit. So before anything began, they're with me and I'm talking with them and I'm sharing my heart and my will and my purpose for them. Then I give the commission, be sent, and declare those things that you knew before anything happened, the end before the beginning. You see, when Jesus said, come follow me, he knew exactly where he was leading the church. He knew exactly where he was leading her, and it wasn't just to the cross. It was beyond, beyond the cross. So he knows the end because he was with the Father before it ever began, and He Father tells him, so then when he comes, come follow me, boys. The boys haven't got a clue where they're going, but he does. Aren't you grateful that someone's got sight? Otherwise, it's the blind leading the blind. So God does not lead the blind leading the blind on their own. God sends churches gifts so the church can see where it's going, so it doesn't fall down pit holes, so it doesn't go to the left, to the right. But if you don't receive the gift, then you can be anti the gift and walk away. But Jesus had sight, so he says, right, son, you're going. There's been all these prophets before you, types of apostles, you're going. Why? Because they killed them. Not that good in God's calendar when you start killing the people he sends. So he sends the son. And the son says, come follow me, boys, we're on a mission. What's the first miracle he does? Woo, come on, where is he? Why? Because he's pointing towards something. He's not just at a wedding for the sake of being at a wedding. I don't know. would come up with another scheme. Could have been somewhere. No, he's at a wedding with wine. Ooh, that's a sweet word. <laughs> Turns a whole lot of water to wine. Why? Because he's at a wedding. what? Did he say? You will not have this fruit of the vine until we meet. Where? In my kingdom. When you take communion, you are taking, it's a part of the bridal covenant. There were actually four cups of wine, not one. But we've come through the Catholicism where we talk about one, there were four, and one of them was attached to the bridal covenant. So when they took that, they knew exactly what they were doing. They knew they were called Why? because Jesus was talking to them about the future, going, it's not about just being lost, boys, it's about a marriage covenant. See, we've lost this stuff in modern-day preaching. Why? Because we're seeker-sensitive. We're trying to bring people to the church, and we've killed the very thing God gave called the truth because we think people can't handle the truth. You're right, they can't. And so we dumb everything down, and we lead ourselves astray, and yet this speaks of a reality, and God opens our eyes. We start to see it, eat it. Live from it, and all of a sudden, what's promised becomes your reality. I'm alive. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. He who comes to me will never be hungry. He who believes in me will never be thirsty. Why? Because they're eating and drinking from the eternal well. It's a full food of plate, and it never goes away. It's amazing. You just eat chicken after chicken after chicken after chicken. You just eat it, and it comes back. How does that happen? I don't know, but it does, so keep eating. The layers, the depths of his word that sets us free is phenomenal. And so he says, my spirit and my son were with me, so I send them to lead you. So then when Jesus goes, the Holy Spirit comes. He knows exactly where he's leading the church into all the truth because he was at the end beginning before the end and he defined the end so he's leading with a purpose jesus would only do what his father did he would only speak what his father gave him why because he knew the end because the father knew the end so he knew the father's will and the holy spirit's the same who builds the church christ the spirit of god why because he's the only one that knows the truth you cannot know the mind of god without the mind of god this is what the scriptures are declaring, and yet we go, oh, well, I don't know, we'll try and figure out how we get to know him. No. So there is this eternal purpose. I love that when he showed me that. It's so simple, isn't it? But he just showed me like, oh. you should have seen it. I was like, whoo I was doing the whoop 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 in the room. I'm so glad the cleaning lady never came in. It would look really weird, my headphones on and whoop whoop whoop. I couldn't stop writing. I got fingers were sore from on the little button in the light, you know, trying to see and climb. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Maybe there's a bit of wisdom. <laughs> I mean, not at three in the morning when you're trying to climb a and it's like, oh, you know, I was like. Anyway. <sighs> Where am I up to? God starts everything with the end in mind? Yeah. Before the foundation of the world, God had already established, before the foundation of the world, God had already established and set in place the end. God starts everything with the end in mind. Before the foundation of the world, God had already established and set in place the end. Doesn't the Bible say that all your boundaries are already defined and where you would live in Psalms, what earth, what country you would live in, where you would be? Why? So you would seek the Lord. See, that's hard for us to get because we go, "Whoa, where's my choice in that? Great question. You've got one. And if you know his way, you'll know what that makes perfect sense. Born again into my mother's tummy? How does that happen? Figure it out. Giving you the Holy Spirit, go figure it out. I'm not going to give you the answer. Go figure it out. The Bible is very clear. He doesn't make mistakes. He tells you from the end. Before the foundations of the world, you were called to be holy and blameless. I'll give you this one, Ephesians 1 verse 4. Spotless bride. Isn't that what he's looking for? Okay. The foundation of the world started with its anchor and alignment in God's conclusion. The foundation of the world started with its anchor and alignment in God's conclusion. Everything God has written is in context with the end. It is written, finished, for Can you see why that's a different kind of faith now that sees what is? You see, you don't have to do anything. You have to see what has been done. And then when you see what's been done through the ability of the Spirit, blessed are you for you see and blessed are you for you hear. Isn't that what he said in Matthew to the disciples? But then on the next chapter, he says, guys, can you still not hear and can you still not see? (laughs) He says, how long have I been with you and you still don't know who I am? Because he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. To which Philip goes, show us the Father. To which Jesus says, how long have I been with you and you still don't know me? See, he is always believing in you and I, speaking prophecy over our lives, drawing us into himself. He says to Peter, you're going to deny me, to which Peter says, no, I'm not. And then it happened. At the same time, he's saying, but you're going to be Peter who I build upon. So he says, you can hear. And then he says, why can't you hear me? You can see, but you are blurred vision. You see, it's the role of the Spirit of God to reveal the mysteries of that are right in front of you. Things are concealed, not from you, for you. Why would God conceal stuff? Pardon? So you'd seek him. God has put eternity in the hearts of man. Why? So you'd seek him. God has placed you in a particular time in history, in a particular country, and surrounded you with boundaries. Why? So you would seek him. Are you a seeker of God? See, he rewards those who diligently seek him, doesn't he? Hebrews 6. If you are seeking knock, I'll give it to you. Why? Because I've got a whole inheritance that I want to share with you. Why? Because I've called you to be my bride, my co-heir, and you're to stand right beside my son. This is not some little piddly message about, please hear me, getting cleansed of your sin. We have messed that up so much and made that the micro, that you're a sinner, and if you don't get washed, you're going to hell. Is that true? Yes. Is that the message of Jesus, the main message? No. Otherwise, he would have told you, but he tells you the main message is to love me. Why do you think he's looking for those who truly love him back? Because he wants to marry them, and he will not share his glory with another So you can't have it both ways. I'm sorry to tell you, but you can't have your cake and eat it with the cherry and the cream and the cup of tea and go back for seconds. You can if you do it His way. If you will surrender and allow, He will give you and has given us the kingdom, the unlimited resource of His Son. But if you try and come in another way around the narrow gate if you try and get into the pen some other way because you don't like the way, I can do this. Go on then. Give it a go. He'll let you go. You want a king? Don't want you to have a king. I want a king. I don't want you to have a king. Give us a king. Okay. I'll give you Saul. He steps back. I wonder how long it will take them to start crying out to me. Isn't that the story? We want our way. They like our way. We want our way. And God's like rescuing them over and over. And why? Because he loves us. He's hoping his love is going to lead us into submission. He's hoping his love will break your flesh and lead you into surrender. He's going to love you into surrender. Let go and let God And all of a sudden, you're in a life, because why? Because there's an eternal call on your life, and you realize, man, I was called for so much more than here. So he sends these people gifts to help you. Not to be against you, but to help build his church. But there is opposition. Do you really think the enemy wants this church built? We looked last week at the fruit, didn't we, of the church? Oneness in faith, oneness in knowledge, mature man, the bride of Christ. Do you really think that the enemy wants people loving like Jesus on the earth who can? Do you really think he wants the church who don't even know what defensive looks like because all they know is offensive because the gates of Hades do not overpower the church of Jesus Christ? Do you really think the enemy wants that built? Who's going to judge him? The bride of Christ. Why do you think he's so against the bride of Christ? But here's the thing. He's got no authority. He has none. He's powerful, but he's got no authority. Who has the authority? See, there is no war. If you know who you really are, you tell him to get back in his place. Isn't that what Jesus modeled? It says, stand firm, resist the enemy. It doesn't say stand firm and fight him. It says, stand firm and resist his lies. Because he has no game. You're the one with the game. Supposed to. So what we do is we get all entangled in stuff. But if we know who we really are and what we're called for and the food source that we need and we start eating that, when he turns up, we laugh. But like Smith Wigglesworth would do when he come to the end of his bed, he'd just laugh and say, Oh, you again. See ya bud. Go back to sleep. Why? Because the man was a man of faith. The man was a man of the unseen realm. He lived from the unseen realm, and look how God used him. But when you read his books, he wasn't into that stuff. He was into a relationship with the Father. He'll tell you himself, we get all hooked up in Wigglesworth's works, but he was into relationship. The works came out of relationship, but what do we do? Oh, the miracles, the miracles, the miracles, the miracles, and our flesh chases the miracles, but we don't chase the one of the miracle, so we don't see really that happen too much, and we wonder why while we're trying to chase miracles, we're burning out. See, when you are awakened to the reality that you were bought to fall in love, not to do works, Not to save the planet. Everything starts to shift, trust me. There's only one reason why we're, and here I'm saying, the reason why the rock is where it is today, because God showed me something and I was leading. See, the reason we're having this meeting is because of the fruit of what he showed me. We wouldn't be having this. I wouldn't be teaching this stuff had he not taken me on a journey. It's in the book. If you haven't grabbed it and read it, please read it. It's describing the journey of the rock. So if you're part of the rock and you're not reading it, are you really part of the rock? I say that out of love, but guys God said me at the start of the year, he said, Greg, there are friends, guests, and sons in your house, my house. Friends, guests and sons. I want everyone to be a son. You see, friends turn up and they come and go. Same with guests. Friends stay longer than guests. You can just come here, turn up, come and go, come and go, and not be part of this at all. You can come, be present, but not really be present and miss exactly what's happening because you don't hear what's happening. But you can be part of an organization, but it's not. It's called a church. See, we can tick our religious boxes and be part of institutions, but we can't be unless we're hearing and receiving is the church of Jesus Christ. So please, I haven't preached it. I felt him just to say, hold back on it. I want to show you. But don't be. If you are, transition. Get into sons. Don't be someone that uses this place for convenience or just you like this and be a guest or a visitor. Become a son of the house. Live and serve your brothers and sisters. Stop living for yourself, looking what you can get, and serve the Lord and his will here partner with him and one another who are on the journey and let him build you and me. There was only one, two people present in a room that were washing his feet. When Jesus was getting his feet washed by the woman, there were only two people present in that room in the spirit. And yet the room was full. But only two people knew what was really going on, the woman and Jesus. Everyone else was like, judging her? Judging him, thinking this is a waste. Don't be like that here. Don't be someone that's here but's not hearing. Seek and ask and knock. Because I'm telling you guys, God has sent me here to speak a reality. And other people, prophets, the eldership, the giftings are here to speak to declare the purposes of heaven. But you can miss them. If you're not intentional, they'll go by. What was that about? I don't know. He got a bit excited. It's food to be eaten.